welcome to Lineage. I'm your host, Shani Jamila. This show features intimate, in-depth interviews about the idea of home with some of New York's most imaginative thinkers. I talk with my neighbors and fellow artists about how the city impacts their work and how their work impacts the world. Today, we're turning the tables a little bit. This episode is guest hosted by Jodine Dorsey, who's one of those rare, amazing people who's a powerhouse both on stage and behind the scenes. She's the host of the world-renowned Apollo Theater's Music Cafe. She recently launched a new quarantine web series called The Silver Lining, and she produced an entire Essence Festival. So I was honored to have her interview me during an artist talk we did to mark the closing of my solo exhibition called Seven. This episode was recorded live in the lobby of the Ace Hotel, where I was a 2019 artist in residence. As you listen to our conversation, in the midst of a sound we all miss, the buzz of having people close in a cafe, I hope you'll enjoy getting to know a little bit more about me and my practice, and how I've been thinking about the ideas that animate this podcast. And now, on to the show. So, Shani, um, once again, congratulations on being the Ace Hotel Artist in Residence. How does it feel? Like, how does it feel to have finally your collages here in the U.S. being exhibited as well as your genealogy work? It's all been really exciting, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Ace has been so supportive. I came in and I did a month-long residency in February, and then that flowed into the exhibition in March. But this is not something that they've ever done before. Wow. Um, usually the residencies are for one night. You mm-hmm. come in as an artist. Um, they give you a room here. There's a card of art supplies upstairs um, <laughs> when you walk in, which is awesome as an artist to walk in and just see that. It's like, welcome. We know you. They give you the freedom just to make a piece of art. You leave it with them, and then that's it. Um, but for this, in this case, they really opened their doors, gave me the month. I was able to really think through what I wanted to be able to do in this particular space mm-hmm. and how I wanted it to be transformed. When I first walked in, I thought the walls were white, the trim was black. But I looked at it and I thought, jewel box. That was what I wanted to be able to evoke. Um, and the lines, particularly of the doors, gave me ideas of Morocco. Um, so I wanted to bring both of those things into this space and it's been really gratifying to have that vision realized. Yeah, I I thought, you know, I I love the fact that you took it and made it red. I remember seeing it before you even put your um, your paintings up and it was white and then you colored it red and then you gave the gold trimmings and the whole nine yards. Has, um, Has the response been positive here at Ace Hotel? Have they said anything to you? What, what, what feedback have you been getting? Um, the response has been extraordinary um, from staff and from um, visitors and then from people who come with intentionality of seeing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just been, every time I walk in, there's just been this sort of outpouring of, oh, it's you and we're so happy to have you here and this work is amazing and um, people have just been really, really kind. Nice. Um, nice. And I'm grateful for that. Nice. So why did you choose something so personal as the genealogy to exhibit here at Ace Hotel? Why, why that particular series? Um, so it was last year. Um, I was going through my studio and I came across this box that I'd gotten after my grandma passed away. Um, my grandma, her mother, 
died when she was about two or three. And so she spent her whole life with this real deep yearning to know who her family was. And as a result of that, she grew up and became a teacher and a genealogist. And so she took us, when she eventually passed away, she died of Alzheimer's, when she felt her memory starting to slip. We got um, four generations of our family together and we went on what we called our family heritage tour throughout Tennessee and Illinois. And she took us to the places where our cemeteries were, where um, our ancestors were buried. We have a picture of like our oldest known ancestor next to the youngest born at that time. And um, we went to the places where genealogical records were kept. She told us how to research in censuses and find our, our people. So this was something that was really very important to her and became important to all of us as a result of her work and her desire to make sure that all of that was passed down. So there was this day in my um, house where I came across this box. She'd left us books with all of our family history detailed, and she left us charts on how to do the work. But in this box, I found this long scroll that when I unfurled it, went from the furthest part of my apartment to the furthest part of my apartment. And it was all chart paper that she meticulously taped together, and it detailed in marker eight generations of our family tree. And she took a ribbon that went from Grandma Cheney, who's our oldest known, um, and she draped the ribbon all the way down until we got to her name and her husband, my grandpa, and she put the ribbon underneath them, and then she traced it again to their three children and then to the grandkids who were born at the time. And so when I saw it, I just teared up. You know, because it's one thing to know who she was and to remember the stories and quite another to see her life's work laid out literally at my feet, you know. Um, And I just really became consumed by this desire to find a way to creatively channel and respond to this work Mm -hmm. that she left for us. And um, that was what began the paintings that are now on display for the first time anywhere. Um, they're debuting here at the Ace Hotel. And, and when you were channeling, um, you used a technique that I got a chance to, to see you actually do, and that was the fingerprinting. What, what, what did that mean to you? What was that about? So I was thinking about a number of different things. One is that I was talking back to this idea of lineage and genealogies, and what better way to do that with, than with my own genetic signature? And so that was one, of, that was the primary impulse. But then, you know, um, for so many years, illiteracy was imposed upon African-Americans. And, um, you know, sometimes people would make their signature with a thumbprint, you know. And as I continued to go, I started to think about schools of art that spoke back to this, you know, pointillism was certainly one, one school that I thought a lot about. I thought about artists like Alma Thomas, which the piece in there that's called Beloved, after Alma speaks back to a 1972 piece she made that's called Mars Dust, um, currently on view in Soul of a Nation that's touring around the country. While the technique and the impetus are different, I think the end result is in the same sort of lineage of work that she produced. So, um, and there's so much room and um, space to play with the technique that I've been using as I've been exploring and discovering it that can produce really varied results. So the pieces that you see in here are just one, one idea 
sort of being explored. Um, but I'm having so much fun learning and discovering what else it can do. It looks fun, actually, when, she just, when, she's, when she's doing it. It looks fun, but I could tell it's a lot of work, and it's very, very tedious. It's a lot of work. It's very detailed. <laughs> I'm going to have to figure out how to, like, preserve my elbow and wrist and hand, which are already, <laughs> like, feeling the impact of the work that right. I've been doing. Um, right. But, you know, you, you, you start doing something, and, and there you are. And yeah. it, it became um, so important to me that I would find myself, like, out and about, totally uninterested in whatever was going on around me because I would rather be home painting. Like I just started leaving things to go home and, and work, which it's not that the things that I were going to weren't interesting. They were fantastic. I just was completely in this creative wave, this really productive space. So it almost feels like a collaboration, you know, between my ancestors and, and, and me. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely tell that um, as well. The, the colors that you use, talk to us a little bit about the gold, because like yourself, I think you asked that too, right? When, when, I, when I went into her home to take a preview of it, I was like, oh, you use gold, gold leaf. Like, I, we have a couple of mutual visual artist friends that uses gold leaf in their paintings, and she's like, no, sis, that's acrylic. I was like, what? <laughs> And I was like, what? And I had to like look closer to make sure, right? Because is she lying to me? But but tell us why why those specific colors as you as you reflect on your grandmother's charts. So the colors came from um, the charts that she made. And I looked at the ribbon that I was just telling you all about. It's multicolored ribbon. And I don't think that there's any significance to the ribbon she chose. I'm pretty sure that's probably just what she had access to at the moment. Um, but I'm using that as my departure point for the, for the work. So all of the colors that I'm using um, come from the charts that Grandma made. Oh, nice, 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 nice. So um, this work, it's going to stay here at the Ace Hotel. It's going to wrap up. Where, where is it off to next? And I'm specifically talking about the gene genealogy work. This particular work is for sale, so it may be going to a collector's space. But I'm also going to be going to continue to do a really deep dive into building out this body of work. Um, so next up is that I'm going to be doing a residency at Mass Mocha um, in April. And um, my intention is to really um, begin playing with ideas of scale um, with the work. What do you want when people see that? When people see that, they don't know easily, like, oh, that's a genealogy chart. They have to read a little bit into it. Mm -hmm. um, but when they see the work, what do you want to evoke out of them as they look at your chart that's a tribute to your grandmother's charts? I don't think of these as genealogical charts. Mm -hmm. I think of them as creative responses to a genealogical chart. Mm -hmm. And if you look closely at them, you'll see images of like a helix, a DNA helix, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for instance, or you'll see pieces of the work that to me look like cellular structures, mm -hmm. you know. You can even see some figures mm -hmm. inside there. So from an aesthetic point of view, those are things that, that I would respond to. But in terms of what I wanted to catalyze in its viewers, mm -hmm. I'd really like people to begin having conversations with their elders, you know, um, to begin doing their own genealogical research and learn more about who they are and where they come from. Because I think that that's actually a really core part of how we get to a more progressive society is understanding who we each are and how we are interrelated. 
Um, and so to me, that's actually the connective tissue between the paintings and the collages, is that they're talking about who I am and how I'm walking through the world. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm really interested in both cases about what it is that connects us. You know, so whether it's connecting back to my own ancestry um, or whether it's connecting to the people that I've met, the places that I've been as I've been traveling. And, and talking about your um, collages, yeah, we're good, thank you. And, and talking about your collages, um, congratulations on having those exhibited in Italy. Thank you. That, um, <laughs> that was great. But you, before we talk about those, I want to talk about Italy a little bit because um, you use sound. Yeah. to go along with those collages. We didn't get to witness that here um, at the Ace Hotel, <laughs> unfortunately, but talk to me a little bit about this sound. What, what kind of sound experience did you, did you bring to or, or integrate into this exhibit? So there's a soundscape that I did um, in collaboration with a fantastic artist and musician named Brett Sroka. What you hear me doing is the, there are words in each of the um, collages that are drawn from the writings of internationalist artists and writers of color. And they're talking about the condition of travel and about what it means to be traveling in a black body and what it means to be free, mm -hmm. really. And so for the soundscape, I recorded myself saying some of the words that are written into the collages. And then Brett took my voice and chopped and screwed it. Uh, <laughs> And so um, what I love about that is that it makes it a much more immersive viewing experience. Mm -hmm. It's not just looking at a two-dimensional piece on a wall, but you're walking into, you're walking into something. Yeah, yeah. And so the photographs that you used in, in, these, um, in, in this work are all photographs that you've taken while you've traveled. They're primarily so photographs I've yeah. taken while I've traveled. I also incorporate some sourced imagery. Uh -huh. So as you mentioned at the beginning um, of our talk, I've been to nearly 50 countries. Along the way, I've been making um, photo essays. Mm -hmm. And they're just drawn from my love for photography and from wanting to capture these experiences that I've been having as I've been out in the world and the people that I've met. So it was really just, it wasn't, it didn't begin as an artistic project. It began as just me journaling, like a visual journal of, of my walk through the world. Mm -hmm. There was a point where I looked up and realized that this is something in and of itself, that there's an archive of photography here um, that can stand on its own and that can also become a different kind of artistic project. And so um, going through those photos is a real core part of what the creation of the collages mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. um, so each piece has a mashup of um, different countries, be it Senegal, Spain, France, Cuba, South Africa, India, and Morocco. The idea is if you take you know, an eye from the Philippines and a nose from Chile and a mouth from Brooklyn, and you kind of mash them all together in these surrealistic figurative images, what kinds of conversations can that catalyze about identity, about um, how borders are constructed, about global citizenship? Mm -hmm. And so these are the things that I'm thinking about. I love that. I love that. There's so much, there's so much more there, especially <laughs> during these times yeah. when everyone's trying to like keep us separate. And it's like here you are mashing us all up together physically and being able to identify with ourselves in a frame. Um, with the photography, when you're traveling um, around the globe, are you looking for something specific? I know your, your, your photography can range from spices to old 
wrinkled hands. Like, what do you what do you look for when you when that camera is in your hand? That's a great question. I tend to be drawn primarily, I think, to making portraits of people, and I my my gaze tends to be very like here, like I come in close, yeah. and I really am interested in capturing like. People always talk about the expressions of the people, like these intense expressions that I capture. I'm not necessarily going for that. I don't tell them, animate yourself and give me expression. <laughs> you know what I'm doing it? But I'm, I'm looking for the core of who a person is, like what their spirit is. How can I capture them in, in their truest self? And you know, even as I'm talking about it, I have such, um, I did a talk last year with Teju Cole, who's a really incredible photographer and writer, Laura Reykjavich, um, who's an art curator and writer, and Larry Osei-Mensa, who is also a curator. And we were talking about the colonialist language of photography, you know, sort of capturing images and taking pictures. And so even as I'm talking about it, I'm sort of self-critiquing the, the language that I'm using. But I'm, but I'm really interested in, in preserving the spirit that I see, um, whether it's in people or in places. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, going, going back to traveling all over the world, you even had a TED Talk about it. Um, I got to refer to my notes because I have the title here. Um, Shawnee did a TED Talk, was that what, two years ago or? Uh, yeah, I think so. It was like about two years ago, yeah. right? It, the TED Talk was entitled Reimagining Resistance Through Art. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you talk about your experiences and you talked about your lineage and, and family. Um, first of all, how was, that how was that experience for you with the TED Talk and speaking on that? Um, it was an incredible experience. So I, I was a resident at TED. Their organizational headquarters is here in Soho. And at the time, we were only the second cohort. So it was still a brand new experience to be able to be a resident there. And they bring together this extraordinary group of um, really accomplished people from a range of disciplines. So we come together in a co-working space, not unlike New Inc. And we're together for you know a number of months and the only thing that's binding us is that we're all going to be doing TED Talks at the end but in the meantime we're also doing workshops that we get to learn from each other we're talking to each other and working together on the process of creating what the talk is going to be I sat across from a neuroscientist behind me was a fashion designer and then here I am doing you know art and human rights work so just to give you a sense of like the diversity in the room and then, you know, there was this moment, it was December 13th, I remember it very clearly because in the talk, I spoke a little bit about the influence of my uncle, who was a field director with SNCC and um, a traveling actor. He would do plays about race, class, and justice. SNCC is a student nonviolent coordinating committee, which was a voter registration effort that took place during the height of the civil rights movement. And so one of the people who really helped influence the young folks that were in SNCC was a woman named Ella Baker, an organizer, um, brilliant thinker, and strategist. She was born and she died on the same day. And that day was December 13th, uh, I think 83 years apart. And so I woke up that morning with all the butterflies in the world, you know, thinking about getting on the TED stage later on that evening. And then I went online and I saw that a friend of mine, Retta Morris, had posted that today was Ella's day and, you know, broke down who she was, what she'd done. And, and I looked at that and I immediately 
felt so centered and much calmer because I realized that this talk actually has nothing to do with me. <laughs> you know, that this is about doing my part to be able to further the work that she and so many others have been pushing along for so many years and that's part of my own lineage. And so when it came time to do it, we went backstage and danced and jumped around and high-fived each other and just like got all of our nerves out and then I stepped onto the stage and and there was that moment. There it was. Yeah. Can you, you talked about you talked about art, you talked about justice and, and human rights. Can art be used mm-hmm. as a weapon for justice? Oh, unquestionably. And that's a large part of what drives my work as an artist too. So I mentioned my uncle. I want to talk a little bit more about yes, him. Please, let's talk about him. Yeah, this Very is good. my the grandma who is a genealogist that I was telling you all about earlier. Her oldest son is my Uncle John. And Uncle John's um, work Mm -hmm. was really at that intersection of art and human rights. And so being able to grow up with his example um, was an extraordinary thing. I'm actually, as soon as I leave here, I'm boarding a flight and heading down to New Orleans for his memorial service. He just passed away um, as we were uh, as this exhibition um, was about to begin. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the, the work that I'm doing, is it, which I mentioned feels like a collaboration between myself and my ancestors. Uncle John is now a core, core part of that. Um, but to me, the thing that art can do, and this is something that, that Uncle John and Free Southern Theater, which is the organization that he co-founded during Freedom Summer, their, their reason for being was that there were a number of different tools that people used in the service of voter registration and of advocating for human rights during the height of the civil rights movement. Art was a big part of that because people who might not go to a rally or who might not pick up a brochure may come to a play. And so these plays were about race, class, and justice. And then they would have conversations with community members afterwards, you know, sort of exploring the themes that they just discussed. It was all part of their organizing effort. Um, what art has the capacity to do is really expand our imaginations to allow us to believe bigger than we might see. We think differently when we engage with a piece of art. Um, and that's, a, that's something that I find deeply inspirational um, is the capacity to be able to expand our political imaginations. Right? So if you look at one of those collages, for instance, they're surrealist figures. You have never met anybody that looks like that. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> right? There was one of them. Let me pull the title up. <laughs> but the point is, like, think, think differently, right? Like, each piece of these collages, like these, these images that I'm cutting out and that I'm using, I then have to think, well, what else might they serve? It's a pair of lips, but could they be an umbrella? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or here are some legs. Might they be a podium? I want to be able to repurpose these things and think outside the box about what their utility might be. And in doing that, I'm not just thinking about what service, what they, what purpose they serve. I'm thinking about their form. I'm thinking about their color. I'm thinking about their shape. I'm thinking about their texture, right? Um, and so I have to consider all the different components of this thing. Um, and that, to me, is a really useful way of approaching social justice work as well, because we need to be thinking outside the box about what's in front of us. We're in a really fucked up place right now, y'all. <laughs> 
we are, right? And so we need every single tool at our disposal. And to me, art is a really critical piece of, um, of pushing forward for, for justice. So this Lineage podcast is brand spanking new. Yes. You've only had, what, three tapings so far or four tapings? Yeah, it's brand oh, new. It's brand spanking new. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about this podcast and what you see for it in the future. So the podcast is going to be um, me having conversations with fellow artists and creatives um, about what the idea of home means to them. Um, I'm particularly interested in talking to people who have an affiliation to New York City. So maybe you live here now, maybe you lived here once, maybe maintain a home here and you also have a place someplace else. Um, But I'm thinking about the generations of creatives and artists who've been drawn to this city over the years. The best of the best have always somehow made themselves at home here and I'm curious about exploring like what that thing is particularly now when so many artists are being priced out of the city and the culture is changing as a result of that and people are becoming erased so I want to archive these stories um, uh, while I have the opportunity to do that and um, the impetus of the of the podcast is also the impetus behind my art projects and I actually consider that podcast part of a larger art project um, And that I want to talk to people about the idea of home. Because to me, that's the most core question that animates everything that we're going through right now in this time where we're talking about borders and homelands and immigration and who's allowed to be at home here. And the very right to life is being challenged for people who look like me and who are walking through these streets. Um, What does it mean to be at home? And who is allowed to be here? And how can we shape it in a different, um, more progressive way that's rooted in the ideas of equity um, and diversity and so uh, those are the kinds of conversations that I'm having Um, we started with a live taping at the Dumbo House with Rashida Bumbray Mm -hmm. who is an amazing um, dancer choreographer singer um, curator Uh, she's currently the Open Society Foundations Um, And then we did a live taping at the Brooklyn Museum as part of the closing of the Soul of the Nation exhibition that I mentioned earlier um, when I was talking about Alma Thomas's work amongst many other brilliant artists. Um, Ming Smith, who's a photographer who had work in that exhibition, um, and Russell Frederick, who is a contemporary of mine and an extraordinary photographer. We had them in conversation there. Um, And then I've already um, completed a number of interviews with other folks that I haven't broadcast yet, but are in the hopper and will be coming soon. Um, Most recently with a master artist and one of my teachers uh, who's approaching 89. Um, His name is Otto Niels, and he's a a Brooklyn legend. So um, I'm really interested in having intergenerational conversations about, you know, these ideas that animate um, my work and the work of so many others. Wow, wow, and wow. Well, thank you, Shawnee. Thank I mean, you, sis. this is wow. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I mean, I, I love it. It's like you, you are embodying family, community, lineage, um, identity. You're, you're, you're telling all of these stories, and this is, it's, it's, it's great work, and the work is needed. And thank you so, so much. Thank you for being a source <laughs> to put it out there. So, last question. As we as as we close out this artist talk, how do you want people to remember Shani? <laughs> and then I get in her face. <laughs> <laughs> wow! With all the work that you're doing. Oh, so I should have said that to the mic. With all the work that you're doing, how do you want people to remember Shani? 
What's your legacy? I'm thinking about this um, speech that Carrie Mae Weems did where she asked this question, how do you measure a life? Mm -hmm. um, you know, yesterday I went to the Brooklyn Museum and I um, went and saw the Frida Kahlo exhibition that's up, which if you guys haven't had a chance to catch yet, please do. So good. So, so good. <laughs> it is sold out. <laughs> but it's for a reason because it's, it's that dope, you know. Um, and I was looking at all the different ways that Frida worked to be so completely herself. You know, she was so in her own skin. And, um, and her legacy and her impact is because of that exploration, of that diligence, of that work ethic you know, of that realized talent. Mm -hmm. And so um, I guess what I would hope is that I can maximize the potential of any gifts I've been given um, because we're all endowed with whatever our gifts and talents are and we're given them for a reason, which is to do our best that we can with those things and um, share them with others. So I hope to realize my potential um, and to be remembered because I did my absolute best with what I was given. Perfect. Shani Javella. Thank you. <laughs> thank you all so much for being here. And thank you, Jodine. Thank you. For a brilliant thank you. I am honored. set of questions. I'm honored. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review us on iTunes. It helps others discover this show. You can also follow us on the socials at Lineage Podcast and visit lineagepodcast.com for information about live events, to see portraits I've made of our guests, and to become a patron of this broadcast. For more from me, head on over to shawneejamila.com. The inaugural season of Lineage is brought to you by the generosity of our campaign supporters, with special thanks to our Founder Circle. Amika Carter, Ayana Dixon, Vera Grant, Lawanda Hodges, Ayana Minor, Wendell and Helen O'Neill, Rimani Rogers, Jimmy and Lee Sutton, Chantal Vera, Stacey Burton-White, and our associate producers, the BK Fam. Graphic design by Tony Moore Images, original music composed by Cody Gottbeats.